Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. Lions Daily on TalkSport 2. Good evening. I'm Tim Cocker. This is the Lions Daily on TalkSport 2, the final Lions Daily before the first test between South Africa and the Lions on Saturday. It's nearly here. Which means it's prediction time. We'll hear from uh, South African World Cup winner Francois Lowe and former Lion and World Cup winner himself Matt Dawson with their thoughts very shortly and... Well, we'll be chipping in with how we expect the first test to go as well, obviously. Uh, we'll also be joined by former Scotland captain John Barkley, get his thoughts on this strong Scottish contingent in Warren Gatland's matchday squad. And one of those Scots is also today's player profile, Hamish Watson. He was always destined to be one of the... Uh, was Well, I should say, was he always destined to be one of the most destructive ball carriers in world rugby? Someone who can illuminate that is Chris George, former coach of Hamish's at Wilmslow Rugby Club. Plus... Our resident performance analyst, Ross Hamilton, will break down what we can expect from the opening test of the series. It's nearly here. I'm so excited. How are you feeling, Alfie Reynolds? TalkSport producer Alfie Reynolds, how are you feeling, mate? I cannot wait, Tim. Cannot wait. Absolutely buzzing. The first test between South Africa and the Lions will be live on TalkSport on Saturday. Build up from 4pm, kick-off at 5pm. can't go into a test match playing South Africa without trying to match their physicality because you can't allow that sort of dominance and test match rugby is all about the physical battle. Oh my goodness, what a dramatic end. The Lions did so nearly turn it over. Just limited games available for this test series. So obviously selecting players that have been in the system that know what you want to do and uh, is quite important. Now they have got the try on this occasion, the Lions. He's sitting here now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very, very special thing. Jesse Colby goes down the right-hand side. The offload to Lacanio Am, and he will go in to score the try. It's not just the game, you know. We have all bases covered in our build-up on TalkSport. Tomorrow evening, three whole hours of a preview show with Craig Doyle, Hannah Wilkes and former Lion Ben Kay, along with so many of the giant names in rugby past and present do not miss that 7pm tomorrow evening on TalkSport and then on game day Craig and Ben will be back from 4pm with James Haskell and Tommy Bowe we'll have reaction and build up across the country with our reporter Nick Heath who will be at the standoff pub in Exeter while producer Alfie is going to be at Simon Shaw's restaurant in central London I'll be at the Redwood pub 
near work uh, with Greg Laidlaw as well, all building up to kickoff at 5pm. Alfie, that's a pretty plum gig you got there, mate. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, Tim. I'm going to be putting my feet up, hopefully a nice steak or something like that, enjoying the rugby. What what cut of steak are you going to go for? I haven't decided. I haven't, I haven't got that far ahead, I'll be honest with you, Tim. Right. I'll be honest, it depends if I have to pay or not. All right, okay. That's fair enough, no? That's fair enough. Uh, T-bone if you're not uh, okay, right okay nice. there's been a lot of speculation that the Springboks uh, who the Lions will face of course the world champions might be undercooked for this te- test series have a listen to what Andre Pollard said he rejected that suggestion oh no there's no way um, playing the British Lions playing for your country there's no way you're not going to be ready emotionally physically we're all fine uh, we've had a hard week few hard weeks of training we'll be ready and the way we train it's harder than the game so We'll be ready for, for whatever comes our way on Saturday. And you can't help but believe Andre Pollard with that. These guys, let's not forget, won the World Cup two years ago. They know all about the big occasion. I think from what we saw against South Africa A, which was essentially a Springboks team as well, that kind of shows that we were expecting them to be a little bit rusty and they weren't at all really, were they? So, no. yeah, I, I agree. I'm, I'm not surprised that Andre Pollard is saying that. Uh, One thing I loved from Andre Pollard this week, he was asked about the the South South African style of play and he said, uh, oh, there's nothing more beautiful than the Springbok style of rugby. And then he quickly said, except my wife. (laughs) (laughs) Now, one interesting feature of this Lions side is, uh, well, the lack of game time that certain combinations have had together in the warm-up matches. We've got whole units, front row, back row, back three, that have never played together as a trio or as a unit. Well, Tom Curry, he told TalkSport, that's not a concern. We've done a lot of random combinations anyway in the training, whether they come to fruition in the game is a different conversation. But at the end of the day, you know, we, we've got clear roles and I think that's that's the beauty about the Lions. You know, these are the best players coming together. So you, you bring out the best in yourself and, and the combinations uh, take care of themselves, really. Tom Curry, starting in the side on Saturday, says it's not a problem that he hasn't never played with... Uh, the Jack Conan and Courtney Laws as a three before. What do you reckon, Alfie? How much can the training prepare you for for game time? So I would have thought they the ideal situation would have been to have players that to some degree have played together before because that's kind of the whole point of the Lions, right? Is there it's a patchwork of four nations all coming together and trying to put a good enough side together to beat the Springboks or whoever they're touring. It's a massive part of the challenge. So it's got to come into it, doesn't it? Surely I, I would have thought. But it is interesting because Andre Pollard, in the clip we just heard, he said the same thing in that we're not undercooked. We've been doing a lot on the on the training park. We train harder than we play anyway. Yeah, and I guess actually thinking about it, uh, Tom Curry's in a back row with Courtney Laws. It's only Jack Conan that have got to assimilate. Similarly, in the back three, you've got Duan van der Merwe and Stuart Hogg, who've played together for Scotland a lot, and they're only assimilating Anthony Watson in. So maybe... And, and clearly, and the one thing I would say is, you, you in that Lions squad, you've got 37 guys, or maybe more with the injury replacements, desperate to start. It, I can imagine it gets quite spicy at times, in the best possible way. And Tom Curry talked previously about how much the competition is driving standards yeah exactly and I suppose it's I I can only relate it back to if I went and watched my mates when they play say county rugby at school and because it was all the best players from the local clubs the standards or even though they haven't played together the standards so much higher and that's maybe similar with the Lions maybe it doesn't matter quite so much that they haven't played together 
I don't know. I absolutely love that we're talking like under 15s county rugby ahead <laughs> <laughs> of one of the biggest uh, rugby events well since the world cup so All right, well it's tenuous I'll give no, you that. No 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 I think that I think I relate to it mate. I do. I do. Now listen. With this test series just 2 days away as we sit here right now. Former Springbok Francois Lowe and former Lion and England scrum half Matt Dawson They've been uh, debating who they think will win the series. Have a listen to this, all thanks to now. I think that's an easy question. Is it easy? Uh, but what I will say is it's not going to be an easy feat to accomplish by either side. Um, look, I mean, for the excitement of the game, I hope there's a final playoff, but I think it will most certainly go down to uh, a 2-1 uh, at the end of the series. My vote's on, on South Africa taking it. It's going to be... Is it going to be a one-all, then 2-1? Or do you think someone will come out the blocks fast and go 2-0? I think both teams are going to come out of the blocks maybe a little bit too fast and they're going to find their feet in that first game. That's going to be a bit up or down. Yeah. Uh, could go either way. After that, yeah, I think for the excitement of the game, let's hope it's 1-1 it's, it's one, one to start with. So there's that, that, that last, that last uh, fixture. The first one is so crucial. I mean, the, the stats will tell you over the years. You know, that team that wins the first test match and how many times they go on to win the series. Well, it just sets the tone. Just sets the tone completely. And that, not, not the tone necessarily for the series, but the tone and the way that the players are going to approach those games, the way that they're going to perform and play and keep lifting themselves and keep bettering themselves. I mean, it's, it's three hard weeks of flat-out test rugby. I mean, do you not think that the Lions have the advantage then? If it's coming out the blocks early, Lions are playing all the rugby, played a load of internationals as players. Look, I think they... Possibly more prepared. Uh, there has been more games. Um, is that going to make you the better player at the end? Maybe, maybe not. Francois Lowe and Matt Dawson with their thoughts on the series. They're, they're both saying it's going to be fairly tight. And they were chatting over a, a barbecue or a braai, uh, whichever you want to call it. And that was uh, all thanks to now. And uh, I also should say um, that, you know, you heard the sizzling of the, of the barbecue there. No... South Africans were injured in that particular fire, unlike the fire pit incident that happened with some South Africans at Munster. It was Dam- Damien Diolande who will be playing this weekend. He was part of that, wasn't he? Oh, I forgot about that, Tim. Yeah, yeah that's right. When was that? Was that about a year ago, two oh, years I think, ago? I think, no, it was much more recent than that. It was only a few months back, I think. Oh, was it? Yeah, fire, fire, pit, that's, fire it, pit injuries. Something to do with petrol on the fire pit or something. Something like that. Yeah. But boys will be boys. Uh, what do you think, though? Uh, Francois Lowe and Matt Dawson are saying it's going to be very tight, a 2-1. I find it hard to disagree with that. Yeah, I do think it will be tight. I, I think we got a little flavour for what things are going to be like in that South Africa A game. Do you remember when we were watching that and we're thinking, OK, this is a massive step up from what we've seen, the intensity, yeah. the quality, the what you felt was on the line. So I'm looking forward to kind of feeling that again, maybe by a few more levels up on, on Saturday. I must admit, Tim, I'm a little nervous. Uh, I am, actually. I was very confident off the back of yesterday's show, looking at the Lions team and talking about it. Uh, I've had a bit of time to stew on it, and I am also nervous. I think, and here's what I'm saying, I think the Lions have to win Test 1, because I think South Africa are going to improve. Their improvement is going to be greater than the Lions due to the the lack of game time they've had. And I I think not only do the Lions have to win the first Test, I think within the 80 minutes itself, in order to win that first Test, the Lions have to be ahead with 50 minutes on the clock because that I find the South African replacement forwards absolutely terrifying. 
Yeah, I think history will tell you as well, won't it? If you, winning the first test is massive, Matt Dawson mentioned it there. But but statistically as well, it it gives you a big big advantage to then win the series. So I agree with you on that one. And yes, yeah, it's the front row that worries me because I look at that South African replacement front row, and we mentioned it on the show yesterday. We feel that's a better front row than the starting South African front row. So I'm thinking if they're coming on at about the 50 minute mark. I think the Lions could struggle at scrum time after that, despite the quality they possess. And we saw in the World Cup final, you lose that scrum battle against South Africa, all the other dominoes start to fall as well. So that's kind of my thinking in, in terms of why I'm a little bit nervous. Yeah, I think I'm actually okay with the pack, uh, where I, uh, except for, like you say, the replacement forwards, the front five players that can come on, that they are frightening, which is why I think we need to be ahead. In terms of the starting 15s, where I'm really worried is the two centres. I think Damien Dialande and Lacan Yoam could be devastating they're a couple of wrecking balls so uh, we need to watch them very very closely if we're gonna if we're gonna win yeah particularly with someone like Robbie Henshaw as well where we haven't seen a huge amount of him have we, we had that kind of injuries clearly got back but there's maybe a, a little cause for concern there we'll wait and see on Saturday oh it's gonna be I, good I cannot wait for it Tim it's the Lions Daily on TalkSport 2 with the famous grouse the spirit of rugby 18 plus be drink aware and no one gets you closer to the Lions build up expert views analysis the passion of the fans and of course live commentary of all the test matches on TalkSport as the Lions take on the world champion Springboks in South Africa. The thing and the challenge for Scotland going forward, but they've definitely made improvements over the last four or five years, there's no doubt about that. I would be shocked if there are three Scots because it's, it's yeah, it's what the Lions is all about. The individuals that they've been working incredibly hard on their game for, for a number of years. And as Warren touched on earlier, we, we, we were making a rise as a Scottish national side. So, you know, I'm, I'm over the moon to, to see so many boys representing the Lions here. Well, welcome back to Lions Daily. And as you were just hearing, could be a very, very special series, test series against South Africa for the Scottish contingent in Warren Gatland's squad. And for the proud rugby nation of Scotland who haven't had as many people in a Lions squad for 32 years and to put it in perspective there are five Scots in Warren Gatland's 23-man squad for Saturday three in the starting lineup. that's more men in the matchday squad this weekend than were in the entire Lions squad for four years ago so uh, absolutely amazing. Uh, one name I just want to pick up on, because we're going to be talking about him a little bit more later, is Hamish Watson. Um, he's actually starting on the bench for Saturday. Many people uh, would have had him in their starting lineup. It was a close run thing between he, him and Tom Curry for that starting spot in the back row. And earlier this week, former England flanker Lewis Moody told Lions Daily he wished he'd seen Curry and Watson play together. I would love to have seen Curry and Watson actually play left and right during some of those build-up games. Instead, we sort of saw them play um, bit parts as, you know, one of the sixes or eights would come off and they'd end up playing together for the last 10, 15 minutes maybe of a game. I would love to have seen Curry and Watson play side by side and see what they can actually offer as a, you know, as a pairing themselves. We haven't seen enough of that, which means Curry probably does start, despite the fact that Watson has been phenomenal in every game he's played. He's like a, he's like a human ping ball. He just bounces around and off of defenders. Um, he still keeps going even when he's hit. Um, so I would, I, you know, I feel he has to be in that in that Test squad. For me, it won't be starting because we've just not seen enough of him and Curry play together. 
Lewis Moody clearly knows what he's talking about, doesn't he? Because he got that absolutely on the money uh, in terms of selection. And that's just a little tease about uh, who we're going to be throwing the spotlight on in a little bit on Lions Daily because Hamish Watson is our player profile today. Now, I mentioned that uh, Lewis Moody clearly knows what he's talking about. Someone else who very much knows what they're talking about when it comes to rugby is our resident analyst, Ross Hamilton, former Saracens and England performance analyst. Uh, how are you doing, Ross? Good, thanks, Tim. Thanks for that introduction. And very excited. Looking forward to the weekend. <laughs> yeah, I'm absolutely buzzing for this one. And I want to pick your brains. So let's get let's get into these Lions starters then. We were just hearing about the, the Curry-Watson debate. There's a lot of matchups like this across the park. Uh, what I love about having you here is that you bring facts, and facts don't care about our feelings. So firstly, front row, why has Luke Cowan-Dickey got the nod at, at hooker? Yeah, there's a few of those guys where there's some uh, potential surprise, but maybe some questions over um, who is omitted. But um, there's a few where I think the the selections are spot on. Luke Cowan-Dickey is one. And I'll take you through some of his numbers. So he's played the fewest minutes of all the hookers um, out on tour, but he made the most carries with 25. He's made the most metres with 61. He's beaten the most defenders of all the hookers with eight. He's made the most turnovers of anyone on tour with five. And... A key one here, he has 100% throw success, um, which neither Owens nor George can boast. Um, so just based on those alone, you would say, you know, fair play that he's in there. Um, the other thing I might mention is the fact that Owens got the nod over George on the bench is potentially down to his sort of consistent, solid contributions. Jamie, George, perhaps a little bit more X-factor moments. Um, he scored two tries himself. He's made three line breaks, three turnovers of his own. He actually has a better throw success than Owens. But Owens has made more carries, albeit for less metres, uh, but he's not missed a single tackle on tour. So it might be that consistency and solidarity that brings him onto the bench. Um, but I can totally understand. And I, I was fully for Luke Karandicki starting, so great that he's got the nod. Yeah, and, and you're right. And line-out against South Africa especially is absolutely critical. So that's a great point there. What about, uh, come on, let's move on to the next one. Jack Conan over Taolupe Falatao. What can you tell us? Yeah, Fanatar going into the tour, probably every, everybody's favourite, but for me, hasn't been on form for a little while um, and certainly not on this tour. Um, Jack Conan um, stats show that both sides of the ball, but particularly in attack, he's offering a lot more than Fanatar and certainly going forward. So to go through um, Jack Conan's, he's made the most carries on tour so far with 47. There's nine more than anybody else. He's made the most metres of any forward with 137. He's been more defenders than Fanatar. He's fourth on the list for over the gain line carries. I mentioned this in one of our previous shows. That's a carry that gets over the gain line, not just on it. So really gets the go forward. But then maybe crucially here, he has made the second most dominant collisions of any Lion, just one behind Duan van der Merwe. So in terms of uh, physicality matchup versus South Africa, obviously that is fantastic. And that's what we want. Fanatau has contributed when defence. He's made the second most tackles, but Conan is only five behind him and fifth overall. So the difference between them perhaps slightly negated and then what Jack Conan's offered going forward on the front foot in attack just seems to be so much higher than the Falatau. And again, one for me that the um, selection is justified um, and looking forward to seeing how he goes. Yeah, that again, I, 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 you've given so much information there and I'm, I'm, I'm again just plucking out one. Like the Luke Cowan-Dickey line-out thing really I, I wouldn't have spotted. Jack Conan being that dominant in, in collisions when you play in South Africa, yeah. that is, yeah, absolutely huge, that one. And you mentioned in that, that that the person with the most collision success was Duan van der Merwe, who gets the nod over Josh Adams. And this was probably the one that least people saw coming. So um, aside from that, what is it about Iron Do 
that got him the nod? Yeah, for me again, this one was was spot on. Um, in all of my group chats with all my mates, you know, I was calling for Dion van der Merwe to start over Adams. He wasn't in my team. Uh, and yes, Adams scores eight tries. I mean, it's ridiculous his try scoring record. It was against lesser oppositions. Um, and that is great from your winger. That's obviously what you want. That's his job. He's in the right place at the right time. That's that's fantastic. But this is the Lions. This is the very best of the best. So that is one thing. But what else has he contributed? What else is he doing in the game to get some positive involvement? And for me, it wasn't quite so much. Whereas you look at Duane van der Merwe, an, an enormous guy, incredibly powerful. He stays on his feet so well in contact. And then we should take you through some of his stats. Um, he, he creates a lot himself. He's worked hard to come off his wing. His first try on tour where he picked up at the, at the breakdown. Um, he's looking to create things himself. Um, getting his ball, uh, getting the ha- his hands on the ball, doing a lot. He scored five tries himself, so he's, still, he's not a bad finisher. Um, and, and then to give you a contrast, the two have actually played very similar amounts of minutes. Um, Duan van der Merwe has made eight more carries, but he's made 200 more metres than Josh Adams has. He's had more clean breaks. He's then beaten 29 defenders, which is the most on tour, and actually 12 more than any other Lion, wow. 16 more than Adams. Um, and, and as you said then, I touched on this earlier, he has the most over the game line carries once. Um, for one thing, that's 29, again, most of any line, and the most dominant collisions. So his physicality and contact, his ability to get the lines on the front foot over the game line, not just on his wing, perhaps, coming mm. in off, using out for set-piece starter play, the inside. Um, ball off of the line out move something like that he has that ability he has that um, physicality that can do that and then just finally just the, to sort of finish this off with um, Van der Merwe the rhetoric is his defense might be a little bit poor um, and that might be his his weakness and why he doesn't get a test place obviously he has this Saturday coming but his tackle success is better than Josh Adams is so for me it was a great selection mm. I couldn't necessarily see the clamor for Adams um, off of the back of all of these stats, obviously I'm privileged in being able to see all of them. But for me, completely get it. And again, somebody I think could do a really good job for us. Well, to be fair, Ross, anyone could look at the spreadsheets that you get and the numbers. But as I've said before, you see it like the Matrix and you can find the stories in it. And that's that's what I find so fascinating about that. What what about a devil's advocate here? South Africa might be sitting there and uh, and going, right, faff, de Klerk, Pepper, Duan van der Merwe with box kicks all day. Do you reckon he could be exposed there at all um there's not necessary statistics to back up sort of high ball claims and, and errors from that i wish there was um but i haven't seen a, a massive weakness for that no. I, I can't necessarily see that that would be a tactic faf will kick a lot south africa will kick a lot um but whether that's a tactic that they all yeah. um, pick up i'm not so sure it might be one of those situations like we saw when we kicked poorly to jason colby that we just gifted him a try effectively. But if they yeah. give the ball to Van der Murray, he's big enough, strong enough, he might be able to get us on the front foot. Well, yeah, absolutely. And you just touched on the South Africa there. They will kick a lot. Um, let's look to the world champions, the, the South Africans. What do you expect to see from them on Saturday? Yeah, I had a look at the two games where they played where we would suggest that it was probably their first team. So the first Georgia test and then obviously the Lions one. Um, Georgia just sort of quickly, re- with respect, a little bit lesser opponents. So South Africa were able to sort of do whatever they wanted. They played a bit wider. They kept the ball. They had a huge amount of carries. Actually, very few kicks in that game, and they converted their opportunities. It was one style of play that they had. They obviously won the game, which was great. I think what we'll probably see more likely is their style versus the Lions, and it was actually very different to that. Um, they, they obviously still managed to win um, in the end. Um, but I think we might see South Africa playing a very pragmatic, tight game. We said this, that they're going to kick a lot. 
Um, so they're very happy to play without the ball. They had just 15 minutes of possession versus um, the Lions in that South Africa A game and only 36% territory. So they're very happy to get rid of it, use their physicality in defence, kick the ball away um, when they need to, when they can, play that field position. Um, and then as a, as a number for that game, they kicked the ball away 74% of the time in that game. So three quarters of their entire possessions, they kicked the ball away. Happy to play without it, use their physicality. The other thing I saw was versus the Lions, they played very, very tight to the breakdown. So 67% of play came off of nine and only 6% came off of 12. So they were very congested in that channels. Again, for me, using their size, their power, their physicality with their forwards. And I can't see that to, to be any different um, this weekend on Saturday. And then, and then finally, they by kicking the ball away and playing without the ball, they obviously don't have it very much. I should uh, only have 15 minutes of possession and 36% territory. But what they did do was take their opportunities that they had very, very well. So in that game versus the Lions, they had 12 entries to the Lions, red zone, the opposition 22. The Lions had 16 themselves, but South Africa came away with 17 points compared to the Lions 10. And they did that with just 15 phases in the opposition 22. The Lions had 52. So huge contrast there. They made the Lions work for everything, for all of their points. And themselves, they took their opportunities very, very quickly. Um, and everything that they had available to them, all of their... Um, entries into red zone, they came away with some points and put that pressure on the scoreboard. So I can't see it being any different again this weekend. Ross, absolutely love it. Nice one for your time, mate. Thanks, bud. Love it. And, and I, I just t- I tell you, Alfie, what, what I'm going to do with that information is what I also urge you to do. Uh, you're listening to the Lions Daily. You've just had the benefit of of that analysis rip it off steal it pretend it's your own and then you can impress your mates in the pub and I'll, I'll, I'm going to sit next to Greg Laidlaw and just wheel all of those stats out actually Greg probably listens so maybe I won't I'm going to be listening making sure I'm listening again and making even more notes uh, ahead of going to Simon Shaw's restaurant tomorrow as well yeah, Tim, I, so I'm I, in the same boat I, I will have missed a couple of those so I'm going to go back download the podcast wherever you get your podcast get to the TalkSport app and listen again uh, to the Lions Daily on TalkSport 2 with the famous grouse, the spirit of rugby, 18 plus, be drink aware. TalkSport with commentary of every test match between South Africa and the British and Irish Lions. And next on the show, going to be joined by Chris George, who coached Hamish Watson. He can tell us Hamish's origin story. He coached him from the age of eight. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule and of course the cost well better help can solve those problems it's totally online and built around your schedule 
It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hamish Watson, Edinburgh Rugby. Scotland. Hamish Watson who goes over and scores. Yeah, very special day for, for me, uh, my family and my friends, every, everyone back home and uh, yeah, special day for me to um, to represent the Lions and get man a match. We were really, really pleased with his um, performance um, in the couple of games that he's had, so you know he's doing well. You know what? Today's Lions Daily is a bit of a Scottish loving and you cannot blame us for that. Five Scots named by Warren Gatland in his squad for Saturday's Test match, including Hamish Watson, who is on the bench. And uh, he also has the best-known mullet in world rugby, doesn't he? He's our player profile today, Mon the Mish. It's the part of the show where we uh, we talk to the family members, former coaches, people that knew these guys before uh, before they were Lions, when they could only dream of being Lions. And today, joined by Chris George, who coached Hamish from under-8s to under-13s at Wilmslow Rugby Club. Hi, Chris. Hi, how are you? I'm very well. I didn't know Hamish Watson uh, played at Wilmslow. I know the club very well. My old man, uh, life member. And, um, yeah, so uh, a fine club. I, I, I didn't know Hamish Watson uh, had part of his history there. That must be a proud, proud thing for the club. Absolutely, yes. In fact, the whole family, Les, his father, played for the Vets until very recently. And his older brother, Angus, and younger brother, Hector, also played in the junior section there. Wonderful stuff. What were your early impressions of a very young Hamish Watson? Well, he, his uh, father brought him into my age group. He's actually the uh, age group below mine. And then came and said, um, could, could you give Hamish a run? He wants a tougher opposition for him. <laughs> So we gave him a run and we found out he was very fast and he could tackle. Um, the only place we could play him, though, was on the wing because he wasn't big enough for the forwards, uh, which is something that they said, I think, on the last Lions uh, tour selection. <laughs> uh, what did I know about rugby? Anyway, he, he scored a lot of tries for us, which was great. And uh, so he was on the wing in those days. I'll, t- I'll tell you what I want you to do, Chris. Um, I want you to listen to, have a, uh, to what James Haskell had to say about Hamish Watson during commentary the other week. Hamish Watson, you know, I love watching him carry. A, because he's probably got the best mullet in the world, which I'm extremely jealous of. And B, whenever he carries, there's always a moment of disruption for the opposition, whether he's using footwork, he's using his fend, he's using his shoulder. You know, he always gets over the game line. Uh, James Haskell on Hamish Watson. I've got to ask, uh, between the ages of 8 and 13 when you coached uh, Hamish, uh, what hairstyle did he have? Was there a mullet involved then? He didn't have a mullet, I'm afraid. You know, he's disappointingly got one now, though. <laughs> well, it's, it's a fine piece of work. It's incredible. But was his um, destructive ball carrying that, that Hask just mentioned there, was that a feature of his playing style? It seems like you just had this mini Hamish Watson that we see now running out for the Lions. It, it, he's a completely different player, I'm sure, now. But I think when he went to Oakham School, they developed him as a forward. But he had very good feet. Um, he could beat players, and I think yes, he was he's a very good ball carrier. Um, in fact, in fact, Hamish scored the winning try when we won the Cheshire Cup uh, uh, in two thousand and three, I think, long time ago. Wonderful stuff. And what, what was your reaction when you heard his name both in in the squad initially and then in the match day squad for the first test? 
Well, I was over the moon. I was actually disappointed in the last Lions selection that he didn't make it because his stats were the best of all the back row players. Uh, but he was uh, deemed to be too small. Um, I'm delighted uh, that he's uh, been selected for this tour. And uh, certainly uh, after his Six Nations Player of the Tournament uh, uh, award, I don't think um, I don't think they could have ignored him, really. Um, but he's a very, very humble guy. I actually sent him uh, some messages. We, we traded text um, messages just congratulating him, and he just said, I still can't quite believe it. Oh, that's lovely to hear. Uh, and will there be much going on this weekend at Wilmslow for the first test? Will the Watsons, be, will the Watsons be present? Um, there have been representation from the Watson family at all the matches up to now at the club, and... Uh, Yes, there'll be. Uh, and when when Hamish actually scored his try in that first uh, first Lions game and, and got the player of the match, uh, we, we the, the rugby club erupted. I bet it did. That's what it's all about, um, and and it'll be replicated in rugby clubs up and down every corner of our islands, and and that's why this is so special because we'll all be cheering on those same guys that we're usually uh, very much uh, partisan for. Uh, if um, you were talking to Hamish right now and not me, what, what would you say, Chris? I just well, I'll tell you what I said in the text to him. I said, uh, "Delighted uh, that you've made the bench. Um, go smash it!" Wonderful stuff, Chris. Really, really enjoyed talking to you, mate, and uh, enjoy the game Saturday. Thank you very much. I love this segment, Alfie. I, I like it because it's um, it's like with the superheroes, you you get the the origin story, and you peel back the layers, and you feel you feel like you're getting closer to these guys that we're we're all going to be cheering on on the weekend. Yeah, and I love it. I feel like it's a particular rugby thing, isn't it? I think we've had it with a few of the player profiles we've had where family members still play at the club. There's still that sort of connection, which I don't think you necessarily get with other sports, but it's such a feature of rugby clubs. And they're all going to be packed out this weekend, showing the game and and people descending on it. And for those rugby clubs like Chris and at Wilmslow, you must be so proud. It must be an unbelievable feeling to have had a, a player come through your ranks who's now going to be wearing the red of the British and Irish Lions on Saturday. And it just goes to show, and I know the players talk about this, when they pull on that jersey at the weekend, they will be thinking of, yes, their family, their loved ones, but they'll be thinking of every single person, including guys like Chris that we just spoke to, who had a part to play in their journey getting to this, the very summit of Rugby Union. Brilliant stuff. You're listening to the Lions Daily on TalkSport 2 with the famous grouse, the spirit of rugby, 18 plus, be drink aware. And up next, going to get John Barkley, former Scotland captain on. 97, for some reason, it, it sort of captured everybody's imagination. So to be a part of that, I don't think I genuinely realised the enormity of the Lions until that moment. Now Dawson gets it back to Gascott and Gascott kicks a drop and the Lions are in the lead. Every so often the Lions tour your country but it's one of those things that you want you want on your list as a, as a pro player you know to be able to face the British and Irish Lions. This is probably the most undercooked Lions side we're going to see play a first test that I can remember. Playing against the Lions from a Southern Hemisphere perspective because the Lions players get it every four years, but down south in Australia, New Zealand and South Africa, it only happens once every 12 years. And Banner been sliced open before, and the Lions have been sliced open again. Three-test series is not one or lost in the first game, but if you can win that first test, obviously it gives you a lot of momentum, and obviously you need that in a series of this size. The anticipation is building, isn't it, for something very, very special. And Saturday, 5pm, will be kick-off for a game you can get full commentary of here on TalkSport. The first test between South Africa, the world champions, and the British and Irish Lions. 
Welcome back to Lions Daily. And a moment ago, we were hearing the backstory of Hamish Watson, hearing from his mini rugby coach. Now, well, we can hear from a man who played with him many times in the back row for Scotland, former Scotland captain, John Barkley. How are you doing, John? I'm good, I'm good. Tom, everything he knows, but he wouldn't say it, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you firstly for taking some time, because I know you're in the middle of taking kids to clubs and stuff, so I, I, I'm really glad we got you on, because this is a very... It must be a very special time, uh, just in your capacity as a as a Scotsman, let alone someone who knows these guys very well that have been selected for the matchday squad. Yeah, look, I, th- I think even as a as professional, when, you, when I played and the professional players, they probably don't watch as much rugby as, as you might think. Certainly, I didn't, but people always watch the Lions, so it's the pinnacle, as all the guys rightly say. So yeah, and with your Scottish hat on now, I think Scotland Scotland players, I think I feel have been underrepresented. I think that you can see by how well they've done in these warm up games that they're not out of their depth. And you put them in those teams, and and some of the guys are arguably standing out as you know key players. So for me, I think I think looking at the team, delighted to see someone like Ali Price, whose whose game's gone you know from strength to strength. Disappointed that Hamish is starting, but then you look at the quality of, of the back row and the impact he might have coming off the bench. Duhan, I think, has been. You could, I think I could have seen that when George North got injured, you could see they were going to want that big ball carrying uh, winger. And then something like Roy Sons. Yeah, for me, it is great that there's the Scottish influence in the team uh, and in key positions where they could make a big impact on the game. And someone else you know very well, uh, Gregor Townsend. I, I just get the sense that the more of an influence he has on how the Lions play, the, uh, the better their chances. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I think Warren Gatton has a, has a certain style that he played with Wales and played with the Lions in the last two tours. I think it's hard to judge on, on most of the one games because some of the, the opposition hasn't been great. But I think you saw in the second half in particular against South Africa A, which was, as we know, pretty much South Africa, that you saw how at halftime, that's the kind of what I would associate with Gregor Townsend's coaching style, make a change, see a picture, and start to play to width. And whether that was the plan at the start of the game or not, we don't know. But getting those balls into those wide channels, playing into the wide channels, playing with pace, and that's that's reflected in the selection they've made. Uh, I agree with you. Now, uh, I'll just say it. You're, you're, you're humble enough that you probably wouldn't, John, but you were robbed of, uh, of a yeah. line spot uh, four <laughs> years ago. I, I, I genuinely believe that. Um, you were there when the Scottish representation wasn't what it is now. Um, does that does that change how you guys? That, I mean, I know some of those guys that played with you four years ago um, are in the starting lineup now: Ali Price, Stuart Hogg, Hamish Watson. But is there a little bit where it, there's a little pang of pain to to watch the Lions now, or is that if you managed to just put park all that? Yeah, it's one of those ones I get asked about you, but and it's it can't really call it a regret because. Uh, Arguably, I had no control over selection other than in my performance. But um, it's one of those ones where, I, obviously, anyone who doesn't go on a Lions tour wishes they went on one. And I just, I admire the guys that, that went. I'm very close to Hamish uh, and Hoggy in particular. The guys, and I know the other guys well from my time at Edinburgh with Scotland. But um, yeah, I, I look on with with envy because I know the guys that have been on tours, and I know how much it meant to them to be part of that. So. It's one of those ones, yeah, I would have, of course, I would have loved to have gone, but I was never a player that was a, a shoe-in regardless of form. Like I spoke to Sean O'Brien, he went on tour in uh, the last year and he wasn't even fit and he picked. I was never that side. I had to have one of those years where I was, you know, playing out my boots and, and arguably I, I had potentially had years like that, but just never on Lions years, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, uh, 
but also, you know, there's been years where Scotland have been underrepresented. Uh, how much of a sense are you getting that this is rejuvenating an interest in the Lions north of the border, generally? I think massively. And I said when the, when the guys got picked, I didn't think there'd be eight guys picked. Not because I didn't think they deserved to, just because based on previous selections made and the perception that I had of Warren Gatton looking in on, on Scottish players. But he's obviously made some, made some bold calls. And I, and I think the, the impact of having not just those guys on tour having guys in a starting line team I think will be will be big for Scottish rugby as a whole you know club rugby kids watching it the aspirational side of it but also the, the you know the top part of Scottish rugby those guys coming back they'll, they'll have learned a lot uh, from these tours I've got to ask you John do you think South Africa or the Lions have the edge in that crucial back row area do you know what I, I don't think anyone would have picked this Lions back row from the get go You've been hard pressed to find anyone that said this is the three they're going to start in the first test, which is interesting because they're, they're arguably picking on what they've seen in front of them. And the, as we know, the, the quality of opposition hasn't been that strong. So I was a bit surprised by the back row selection. I thought Courtney Laws might play. I would have loved to have seen Hamish and Tom Curry play together, but I understand um, why you can't because you don't have height, you don't have a lineup option. But I think the back row, I love the way Tom Curry plays. Jack Cronin's had a great tour, and Courtney Law is obviously there to bring that physical edge. I just think that the the South Africa back row is, for me, one of the the best. Even with Vermeulen missing, I think Smith is is absolute quality there. So I think it's pretty evenly matched in the back row. I think what happens in front of that back row will determine how well the back rows play. Mm. You're you're in good company, actually, because we had Lewis Moody on Lions Daily the other day, and he was saying... He was saying, I really wish in one of the warm-up games we'd seen a Curry-Watson thing just to see how it could have gone. But, uh, yeah, that, yeah. That, that's for another but I think, day. I think that you've got to look at him, and I've had met, you know, people asking about it, and there's very... If it wasn't South Africa, I think they both would play. If it was Australia, the tour was out, I think they would play potentially New Zealand. But you've got every single player in the, in the South African back five is about six foot seven or more. <laughs> You know, so you the game could just fall apart. You saw England, South Africa in, in the World Cup. And that was a different facet of set piece where the scrum fell apart and the game was lost. So they just, I think they're looking at that and realize they can't not compete and win their own ball and be disruptive on the Lions' ball. So I think they've made that. That's where Courtney Laws has probably benefited from that size and that ability to play in the back row. They're obviously trying to meet a bit of fire with fire whilst also trying to play a faster style of game. But they also have to meet that kind of physical assault head on. Yeah, I've got to ask you, you've already mentioned Stuart Hogg, but he's finally getting his test cap after all those that run of bad luck on the, on the last two tours. Uh, just how does that make you feel? Oh, I, I'm, I'm just so happy for him just to see him evolve from this this child, basically, that came when I was first at Glasgow, you know, a 17, 18-year-old to, you know, Lions Tour as a 20-year-old youngest player, um, arguably going on that tour for experience. And then last year, as we know, was, was probably in line to be the start and missed out and, I think you know his, his evolution as a player is remarkable. He's consistently being playing as well as he does, but then to, to take on the mantle of captain and to do it as he's done in his own way, I think we've seen a, a mature and, and the best version of Hoggy that I've certainly seen. So yeah, I think for me, I, I think yeah, he obviously thoroughly deserves. What impresses me more is that the guys like him and Alan and Joe, these guys that are able to go on these tours and be foreign players you know, for 12 years in a row or Alan Jones, you know, arguably another X number of years in a row. It's, it's absolutely incredible. Mm, agreed. Um, I'm just going to wrap up the, the, the Scottish conversation with a, with, a, with a neat little bow by asking you about the, the great Scottish Lions. When you look back through the, the names that have worn that shirt and, and that have come from 
north of the border, the Hastings brothers, Doddy Weir, Tom Smith, Finley Calder. Who, who's the sort of one icon that, that jumps out for you, John? I just always see Finley Calder in that red shirt. And as a captain, there's been Lions captains who have been Scottish. It's nice to see, you know, hoggy captaining some of the midweek games. Yeah, and as a background, I always, you know, I grew up watching the 97 Lions tour, so to see, you know, you see someone like Gregor playing and Alan Tate and, you know, watch that living with the Lions. I mean, I watched that. It was probably a video, but it probably wasn't a DVD. You know, I must have watched that hundreds of times. So watching those Scottish guys, seeing Rob Wainwright, you know, these guys that were associated with that, that was the my kind of the thing that got me hooked on rugby at, at that age. But yeah, looking back, I guess the iconic images before that, because I don't particularly remember watching a Lions tour before that. So I guess, yeah, if I'm honest, it was probably watching that, that 97 Tom Smith would probably be like up there. And then probably someone who never really got much of a run in the Lions test year. He's like a hoggy, you know, unlucky with injuries. Was a, like a Simon Taylor. He was like the guy that always, he was a Scottish player that was a shoe in to go on the tour, but never quite, quite managed to have that impact on the test side because of injury. Well, yeah, you could... Uh... Well, very similar to yourself in in that sense. Uh, injuries maybe robbed you of opportunities, but Rolls Royce uh, back row players. Uh, final question, John. Um, your your prediction for the Test series? How do you see it going? I think it's going to go to the last game, and it's, it's, a, it's a, maybe a, a silly thing to say. I just think that there'll be a reaction from whoever loses. I always think the physical battle is going to like there's going to be one team that's going to be absolutely battered, and how they recover. You know, three weeks in the trots. I think you'll see a bit of an ebb and flow. Um, and watching that South Africa game, I just think if the Lions can get that ball into the wide channels, I think they'll win. But then equally, you see when South Africa get rumbling and they, how, how you stop that and how you meet that head-on is is no mean feat. So, yeah, I think I think it's going to be really close. And I hope the Lions win it. I think it'll be 2-1 to the Lions if I had to put my sort of neck on the line. John, enjoy the game Saturday and thanks for taking the time. Appreciate it. No problem. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Right, before we finish the show, uh, remember TalkSport, we have commentary of every single test match between South Africa and the Lions. The first test kicks off at 5pm on Saturday and ahead of that coverage, we wanted to give you a little bit of a flavour of what to expect. We'll have our reporters around the country, brilliant build-up with experts, of course, fantastic analysis. Here's Craig Doyle and James Haskell last weekend. Let me just paint the scene for you. We're here in the middle of London. It's about 30 degrees outside. Myself and, and Mac are in our shorts and T-shirts and we're looking down at the lobby and James Haskell arrives full suit, tied the whole lot. He looked like Macca's security. He is a man mounted in a suit, that's for sure. Don't know what's going on there. James, how are you? How are you keeping? Well, I'm very warm, I should say. Listen, when the in-laws invite you for lunch at the Ritz, you've got to turn up in your best gears. And to be honest with you, I think this is kind of the level we need to set. You know, like the old school broadcasters back in the day all had very polished English accents and fantastic dress sense. I used to wear, you know, they used to wear black tie reading the news. Perhaps we need to bring that back, add a little je ne sais quoi to the commentary here. Uh, I don't know. I'm liking the paddy and the shorts with painted toenails. I don't know if you've noticed that, by the way. Walking around London with painted... My kids paint my toenails. Anyone else get that at home? I always painted my toenails. I've always, (laughs) genuinely, throughout my entire career, I've always painted my toenails and I didn't didn't notice. I... (laughs) Yeah, so I've actually got gold sparkly ones at the moment. <laughs> what is go. going on? This is talk sport. Uh, this is 2021, Macca. Get, get with involved. the flow. Come on, Macca, get involved. Paint up, boy. Paint up. What colour are you going for, Alfie, at the weekend? I haven't even thought about it yet, Tim. I haven't thought about it. Oh, I go red, red, white, green and blue. <laughs> yeah, we need to coordinate, don't yes. we? I love Craig Doyle telling Macca to paint up, boy, at the end of that, talking about painting his toenails. <laughs> I think Haskell's right, though. I want, I want us all to turn up looking like uh, Anchorman. Uh, with suits and stuff so uh, I'm all for it now it wasn't just all fun and games though our commentator Andrew McKenna it'll always be across the latest stats 
If you go and look at the stats from the Premiership this year, the top three kickers in open play in the Premiership, two of them were Marcus Smith and Danny Kerr. Everyone thinks as Harlequins as being, um, they were flinging it around. They kicked the ball more than anyone. They just did it in a, in a constructed way that actually worked to their game plan. So Marcus Smith does have the technical nows to take the Lions around the pitch. Oh, Maka loves a stat. He loves a kicking stat. Listen to that. Unbelievable. You should see him over in, where, where, in the co-coms area. He's got a little arts and crafts table where he's minutely cutting pieces of paper, sticking yeah. them, gluing things. I keep wanting to work out what it is he's making, but every week it's like a work in pro progress as to what it is. But he's very well prepared. I just turn up with a half a coffee in my phone and he's got sort of a whole library of, of notes. That's why he's a professional and I'm an amateur. You need, uh, you need a little bit of lightness to cut through what will be a very, very tense day on Saturday uh, as we approach the first test. You've been listening to the Lions Daily on TalkSport 2 with the famous grouse, the spirit of rugby, 18 plus, be drink aware. TalkSport with commentary of every test match between South Africa and the British and Irish Lions. That first test, crucial first test, kicks off at 5pm on Saturday. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.